As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The World Cup's final team gets decided today. Costa Rica will take on New Zealand in the final inter-confederation playoff today in Qatar. The winner goes on to the World Cup. Paul Tenorio joins the show today to let you know what to expect from Costa Rica in this game and what might await them in the group stage should they advance to the tournament. I'm Alex Abnos from The Athletic and this is Soccer Every Day for Tuesday, June 14th. Okay, it is yet another uh, P- World Cup playoff, interconfederational uh, playoff on the docket today. So I have Paul Tenorio here to talk about Costa Rica. They are playing New Zealand today for a spot at the World Cup. Paul, you are Costa Rican. You have been following this team for a very long time. Are you excited for this game? What? How, how are you feeling? What are your emotions going into this one? Yeah, I think excitement is a good way to put it. Certainly there are nerves involved for yeah. any country that's in a playoff to get into the World Cup. It's almost like your World Cup knockout rounds have started before the tournament starts. Um, but, you know, considering where Costa Rica was a few months ago in World Cup qualifying, I think this is certainly a, a treat. And, you know, there's also a bit of confidence around this team right now. Um, you mentioned their sort of run through World Cup qualifying. They had a really interesting one because I, you know, for those of us that maybe weren't paying all that close attention to the day-to-day results of what Costa Rica was doing. I remember seeing them down at the foot of the octagonal pretty early on, and here they are in the playoff spot. How did that happen, Paul? Well, I think there was a big turnaround in the middle of qualifying where essentially what happened was the the manager who came in, Luis Fernando Suarez, he had to get to know the player pool a little bit. And I think the frustration for Costa Rican fans were, was at the beginning of qualifying, the there was too much of a trust put into players who had been a part of the last two World Cup cycles. And of course, you know, I think we'll talk about this a bit later, but the 2014 World Cup team for, for Costa Rica, that made that um, super exciting run in the tournament. And, and so we saw a lot of these older veteran players playing featured roles, guys like Brian Ruiz and Celso Borges. And even when the U.S. played Costa Rica the first time, if you remember, Alvaro Saborillo got called into the camp, which is just incredible. Crazy. It's crazy to even think about. And what happened was, you know, when Suarez took over, he he actually held a couple domestic camps to try to get to know the pool better. He he was actually a part of the 
he was the one who called in Saborio, but it was clearly he didn't yeah. know the team yet. And as these other younger players started to come into the group and come into the team and started to be trusted, not all of the super young ones, but also some other players who had been on the fringes and hadn't been trusted to be starters. Well, the quality started to shine through that this younger generation was ready to play. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of the U.S. 2018 cycle where they, too, had relied too much on the previous cycles players. They didn't really have a fresh crop coming through or they were right on the cusp, weren't quite ready and the U.S. failed to get to the World Cup. And unlike the U.S. in the 2018 World Cup cycle, Costa Rica did pivot, and the re- result was uh, incredible. They, they, they took 17 of their – or 19 of their final 21 points over the last seven games of qualification, and that pushed them all the way up to fourth place and into the playoff. Who are some of these younger players that, 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 that sort of came in? Because I, I think many of us actually are familiar with that generation that – you know, made the run to the quarterfinal in 14. You mentioned, of course, uh, currently approximately 3,000-year-old uh, Alvaro Saborio. But uh, who else uh, has come into the team since then that you think uh, has a chance maybe to make an ins- impact today? Yeah, I think we'll see some younger players. You know, Daniel Chacon from Cartago, he's played as a center back in, in the club level, played really well as the number six against the U.S. In, in the final game of qualification, which they won. Anthony Contreras, a forward. He's an Heredia player on loan at Guanacasteca. I think he could end up playing a role today. Uh, Jewison Bennett, 17 years old, played against the U.S. He really didn't feature in the qualifiers late, but he's pushing mm-hmm. his way into the group and into the conversation. Brandon Aguilera was probably the best player for Costa Rica against the U.S. in that final game. I think he's somebody who could play a role. But even players like 27-year-old Juan Pablo Vargas from Millonarios in Colombia, um, he's somebody who started to play in this cycle in that January-February window and ended up becoming an important part of the Costa Rican backline. And so those types of players, they aren't just guys who are going to start games, but they're guys who came into the team, improved the overall quality, pushed the competition level up, and you know allowed the Costa Rican team to um, to kind of fully embrace the talent that they had. And and I think we we will see some of those younger names play. And hopefully, you know, hopefully the 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 Costa Rican Federation doesn't revert back to its old habits and say, oh, well, we need experience in this game, so we're going to start. Brian Ruiz, and we're going to start Borges, and we're going to start all these guys. Um, Oviedo, you know, there's still some of them are still useful, but the roles maybe should be a little bit more reduced. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, Paul, I want to dive, you know, somewhat quickly into tactics and specifically through the lens of how Costa Rica might match up with New Zealand in this game. New Zealand, I think uh, anybody that's watched them play uh, in a major international tournament, maybe ever, is sort of familiar with with how they play. Defensive, very direct. Uh, that you know, they they sit back and sort of wait wait to hit uh, teams as they throw numbers forward. 
Uh, how do you think Costa Rica will approach an opponent that plays like that? And, uh, you know, what sort of tactical things could we see them uh, attempt uh, in that case? Well, I think Costa Rica is capable of playing in multiple ways. Um, first of all, you know, Joel Campbell, he can play in multiple positions. He's played as a 10 for this Costa Rica team. He's played as a nine. Yeah. He can play on the wing. So it kind of depends on what they see from New Zealand. I could see them starting him as the 10 and playing a guy like Contreras as the number nine. And that would allow them to have a bit more of the ball to put a player like Campbell, who is the best player on this team, on the ball as often as possible to allow him to make an impact in the game. But if Costa Rica wants to play more of a transition style, a little bit more of a direct style, they could play Joel Campbell up top as a target striker. And that's certainly a possibility, especially if Vargas kind of reverts back and you see, um, you know, for example, Brian Ruiz playing. I think one of the only places he could play is as number 10. So, <laughs> you know, what we'll see from this Costa Rica team, I think they have the quality to play soccer, to, to want the ball, to want to play on the ball. You saw in the second half, for all of the American fans listening who watched that last game in Costa Rica when the U.S. lost but qualified for the World Cup, you watched, especially in the second half, as those younger players gained confidence, they played the, the way that Costa Rica wants to play. They were, they were playing soccer. They were trying to keep the ball. They were trying to um, attack in different ways, going through the wings, going up the middle. I think you'll see Costa Rica try to dictate the game a bit more, but we know that these games can be a bit more cagey because no one wants to be the team that makes a mistake. And, you know, again, I think if Costa Rica feels like they want to be a little bit more conservative in the early goings, we could see a system where it's more of a three, six, one, five, you know, four, one, however you want to think about it. And yeah. you play Joel Campbell up top and you, you make sure you have the right shape defensively and you look to hit in the right moments. Um, and so I'm not quite sure which version of Costa Rica we'll see. I know what I would like to see. I'd like to see the confident Costa Rica we saw at the end of qualification, but yeah. I think in a game like this, we could very well see a little bit more of a conservative Costa Rican team. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, Costa Rica is bringing back the 3-6-1 uh, <laughs> long forgotten formation from uh, the 1998 edition of the U.S. Men's National Team. Paul, let's just assume or maybe uh, say if Costa Rica wins this game and moves on to the World Cup, they'll be put in a group with Germany, Spain, and and Japan. That is a tough threesome of teams. Obviously, Germany and Spain need no introduction. Japan, consistently one of the best in Asia. What sort of hopes do you think Costa Rica can have against these teams, bearing in mind that I don't think many people expected them to advance out of their group in 2014, and they became one of the best World Cup stories of that whole tournament, and arguably of the last few editions? Uh, what do, you, what do you think uh, the chances are there? Yeah, so I was in Costa Rica for the World Cup draw. I was staying at my Tia Nana's house, and I was watching on TV there with my uncle and my cousins and my aunts, um, kind of all gathered around the TV watching the draw. And at first, you know, when you see the group starting to fall the way they were falling and you started to see what options were left for Costa Rica, um, you heard kind of the grumblings of like, oh, oh no, you know? <laughs> and then yeah. once it actually happened, it was kind of a quick pivot. Um, because of the 2014 World Cup. I mean, that World Cup was Uruguay, Italy, and England. I would say tougher version of Stronger. the U.S., is, what Costa Rica, rather, is facing in this tournament. And yeah, certainly. Costa Rica finished first in that group. They beat Uruguay. They beat Italy. They drew England. They did not lose in that group stage. And so, you know, actually, I'm on a family WhatsApp channel with all my Costa Rican family, and my, my tío sent a text saying, you know, what better group for the giant slayers, essentially. 
Um, this is what we do. So, you know, I think that that 2014 tournament certainly gives belief in the country that anything has happened can happen. And I think also that, you know, again, there is, there, there is, if Costa Rica chooses to use it, there is a group of young players who are capable of competing with anybody. Um, you know, that, that USA game is maybe not the best example because us knew all they had to do was not lose by six goals in order to qualify. And so at some point your foot's going to come off the gas a little bit. I think that's just human nature. But, right. you know, you did see in moments in that second half of that game, the Costa Rican team, when they're playing with confidence, able to to kind of dictate a game against a team that is better than they are. And, you know, also, if you remember back to the 2014 tournament, Joel Campbell was the number nine playing up top by himself, running like crazy, working like hell and and was the difference maker for that team in a lot of ways because of that work ethic and and. Um, the way he pressed and ran. So they have those same ingredients in this team. And most importantly, and I can't believe it's taken me this long to mention him, they still have the best player in CONCACAF, Kaylor Navas. Kaylor Navas. Can, <laughs> That's right. Them. I was wondering about it when you, when we were going to get to him. <laughs> yeah, he can, he can keep them in any game. I mean, that whether it's, it's today against New Zealand, whether it's at the World Cup, you know, whether it was that game against the U.S., it was Navas that kept Costa Rica in that game. It's Navas that keeps Costa Rica in any game that they play. And he is the number one biggest difference maker for this team. And with him in goal, you can win any game. I mean, plain and simple, he can keep you in any game. So is it an ideal draw? No. Is Germany one of the worst matchups any team could get in the group stage of the World Cup? <laughs> yes. And same with Spain. There's a lot of quality there. But I think... When you look at Navas and you look at a, a team that's done this before, that has elements of a team that made a run in a World Cup before, you know, they won't approach it with pure fear. There will be a little bit of belief and, and sometimes that's all you need. Well, I'm really, really excited to see how the game plays out today. I'm sure you are as well. I'm sure our listeners are as well. Paul, thanks so much for uh, giving us some insight into what, what to look for today. Thanks so much for having me. Before we go, a TV guide for today, as usual, all times are Eastern, and of course, given the subject of the conversation I just had with Paul, the game to mark on your calendar, the game to block out everything else and watch, it is at 2pm, Costa Rica versus New Zealand, that is on Fox Sports 2 and Telemundo. You should know from yesterday's game versus Australia and Peru that the favored team does not always win these games, Australia obviously winning in a penalty shootout. So I would not take it for granted that Costa Rica is favored maybe slightly in this game. Definitely watch it. However, if things get out of hand early on in the first half, you will have plenty of options to flip over to in the UEFA Nations League should you want to at 2.45 p.m. or pretty much when all the games are happening. And I would keep a close eye on the games that are happening in Group 3. That is England versus Hungary and Germany versus Italy. England are on the bottom of this group with two points. So they'll be looking for a win against Hungary. Italy leads the group on five points, but Germany is only two behind. Obviously, these are all pretty good teams. Germany versus Italy's a headline matchup pretty much anywhere you are in any competition. So just choose whichever of the games interests you most. Germany versus Italy is on Fox Sports 1. And England versus Hungary is on Fubo Sports Network and VIX. Do not overlook Poland versus Belgium, though. Both of those teams are tied on four points in their group. They're trying to keep pace with the Netherlands, who have been one of the best teams in the UEFA Nations League so far. Who will have the leg up when the Nations League resumes in September of this year? Check out this one. Poland versus Belgium. Obviously, a ton of great players on the field for that one. 
it will be on Fubo, uh, Fubo Sports Network and VIX. Last but not least, the CONCACAF Nations League. Two regional heavyweights are in action tonight. 8 p.m. Jamaica versus Mexico. That's on Paramount Plus and 2-day NA. And then, of course, the U.S. national team plays tonight against El Salvador in the second game of their Nations League campaign. That is at 10 p.m. It'll be on Fox Sports 1 and 2-day NA. And we at The Athletic will have full coverage Until then, though, this show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all.